you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And we have a very special guest, a friend of ours, uh, Pastor Jerry Herships. He pastors uh, the After Hours Church in Denver, which Matt and I are super fond of uh, and look up to and, and think it's really cool. So Jerry, we're, and we're glad to have you on the show. Well, it's kind of great to be here. I, uh, I dig both you guys. And uh, this is, it, it's so weird. This is such a new thing to me. And just talking in the last 10 minutes to find out you guys do this every single week is just completely blows my mind. It, it, I'm in awe of what you do because not easy to keep people chatting for a while. <laughs> me, it will be really hard, but other people, I can imagine that could be a challenge. So thanks for having me on the show. No, we're, we're glad to have you on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do uh, there in Denver and kind of your ministry and, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. No, that sounds great. Uh, so, um, been in Denver for about 13 years now. Uh, came here so I could go to seminary. Went to Isle School of Theology. What, what? Got out of there and uh, and really loved my experience there. It was great. I'm not a, a student by any means, so every day was a struggle. I mean, wanted to quit. Enjoyed the experience, but really knew I'm barely getting by by the skin of my teeth. And but I got through and uh, and served a very large church here in the Rocky Mountain Conference and did that for about six years uh, through student pastoring and then got appointed to start after hours uh, after it actually started as a ministry out of that church out of St. Andrew United Methodist. And then uh, the bishop decided at the time, uh, Bishop Elaine said, why don't we give this a shot? And so I was like, let's do this. And that will be July 1st. That'll be eight years ago. And so uh, it's been really great. We focus mostly on uh, serving the poor and what we call the spiritually independent. You know, there's politics, there's Democrats and Republicans and independents. That's pretty much our congregation is independents. There's a, uh, we probably, we're a small church. We'll get 30 to 50 people that'll show up. Uh, but we have actually, <clears throat> you're both sitting down, which is good. We have three members. So three that have officially said, we will be members. Most of my folks are like, nah, nah, I'll, I'll do all the stuff. I'm just not big on the membership thing. So uh, uh, we've been doing it now, uh, at, like I said, July 1st will be eight years. Awesome. We, we've had the opportunity to go and, and hang out with you guys. Uh, I think at Don's Mixed Drinks is where we were. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful ministry. Um, in, in what you guys do there in the park and, and passing out sandwiches. Uh, you know, you talk about us doing this once a week, man, you do that seven days a week. Uh, it's, it's been, well, and, and to be fair, what's been great about it is, you know, a big part, I think one of our, the feathers in the cap of the United Methodist Church is this connectional vibe that we have, that we're all connected. And it's only because of that, that we're able to be in the park seven days a week. You know, we, we're very intentional. We don't have a building. Uh, we meet in a different bar every Monday night and it, it always moves around. So it's sort of like floating crap game for Jesus. You know what I mean? Knock, knock, the cheese walks at midnight. Okay, come on in, you know, and then we, we do our thing. But we couldn't be in the park seven days a week if we didn't have other groups that partnered with us. And there's like, I think at last count, seven or eight United Methodist churches that partner with us, a mom partners with us, a law firm, a mergers and acquisitions company, a hardware store. And they've all stepped up because they realized that 
it sucks to be hungry. It sucks to be poor. And, you know, that cuts across a lot of things that, that, that's, that's understandable to, to five-year-olds and their moms. And that's understandable to lawyers and uh, churches and everybody else. And so we've kind of found this common ground that people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll get behind that. And as a result, it lets us eat 700 people a week, um, every week, like you said, um, 365 days a year. And actually we don't feed 365. We, we have, uh, uh, one day that we take off, which is Thanksgiving, because they can get a meal in a hundred places on Thanksgiving. But we 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 do. We started about five years ago. Started doing uh, thankful for long johns, and we realized it's starting to get cold here in Denver right around Thanksgiving. And so um, we let them get food at other places. Sometimes right within the park, there's other groups handing out food, but they'll line up for us. And we've been we collect long johns, and this year we handed out between two and three hundred pair, uh, which is about on mark for the last uh, four or five years. It's, it's just been really good. You sort of that missional church model, find a need to fill it, you know, don't mm-hmm. tell them what they need. They tell you what they need and then try to make it happen. So, uh, but every other day uh, we're down there doing our thing, even when the weather sucks. And I would love to tell you that that's great, but you know what? No, that sucks. And sometimes <laughs> this work just sucks, but, but it's nice to know the guys feel like, like they can count on getting, some sustenance, you know, even when the weather's bad. So, Well, that's the one thing I enjoy uh, talking about your ministry when I talk about like how your uh, experience happens, how you all meet and all that stuff. And people look at me like, how does that work? And I'm just like, it works. And, <laughs> and that's what the Holy Spirit looks like is when, you know, uh, the fact that, um, you know, you can do that and work in those, in the ways that you do uh, and do great ministry uh, in the way that you do is such a great thing. And, and, you know, people have tried to replicate, I know of a couple of places in Tulsa that have tried to do almost exactly the tea that you do. And it, and it just flattened out because of um, just a lot of different things. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, your love for Jesus and your love uh, for that community. And, and people see that and they want to be a part of that. And, you know, I think that that's something you definitely provide uh, for, for the kingdom. And I, and I thank you for that. I appreciate you saying that. I, I will say, I think, you know, we had early on, you know, eight years ago is a long time ago in the world of church planting. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, I don't know what that is in church planter years, but that's a long time. And so, you know, they, they vetted me and we, we took the competency tests and things, but there weren't nearly as many tools and resources available. To, so we're all flying kind of by the seat of our pants. We didn't really know. We knew that our call to worship was going to be making the lunches. We, we kind of knew that. But every other piece, we kind of cobbled together, and we knew we had to be in the park. Like we, we knew that. That was, because truth be told, even eight years ago, I mean, now, I would love to think that it's cool. You know, I mean, bar ministry is, is different, but in a lot of cities, it's tired. It's, it's not a new thing. There's a lot of cities that do it now. And, and so if we just rely just on that, just, you know, I'm past 50, man, playing the aging hipster card, it's not easy. You know, I mean, there, there comes a point when you're like, man, if you're trying to be the latest cool thing, yikes, good luck. I hope that works out. What really draws people to after hours, I think, is working with the homeless. And I mean, mm-hmm. that became our, our crucial piece. And I've, I've said this before, and I still think it's true. It's like we started serving the poor because we saw it as sort of a biblical mandate and, and sort of a requirement for us. Uh, and it turned into be, being our best marketing plan. I, I don't mean that to be crass. It just, that ended up being the draw, much more so than people coming to the bar and experiencing that. Um, the people that come to the bar, that community is really tight-knit. And it's a, it's a community that they feel real safe. 
um, using language that they always use and asking really hard questions. We've had really hard discussions over everything from, from rape culture to, to racism to um, the church and how what a train wreck it can be depending on the day, week, and year that you're talking about. And so we, we talk about really heavy stuff, but at its core is this idea of how, how do we serve how do we serve the least of these? And and that seems to be pull people back in. That's the thing that people go, I, I want to be a part of that. And most of the groups that are in the park that aren't um, church groups, some of the ones that I mentioned, were either contacted from another group that had been there or just approached us cold um, because they'd heard about, we've been down there now for after hours as an independent thing, it's been going on for eight years, but we've been in the park for 10 because we started at St. Andrew. And so we, we know a lot of people now. I mean, we're, we're starting to meet with the mayor's office and talk about, you know, what our best practices for, um, you know, food charity and how do we do that in a way that's responsible and how do we, we make sure that, that the, the park, um, what do they call it in camping or backpack? I think they call it leave no trace. Mm -hmm. You know, that you, know, you, you, you leave the place better than you found it. And so how do we do that? And how do we, um, how do we work with the community rather than fight with the community? And the homeless piece is a huge contention in Denver. It, it, there's a lot of challenges. And luckily we've, we've developed relationships over time with the parks and rec people, with the mayor's office, with Denver's road home, which is sort of the, the, the homeless branch of, of the city government that really focuses on that and have gotten really good relationships, but it's taken a long time. It, it takes years to, it's like any relationship, you know, it, it takes years to, to, to build that trust and to make it work. Right now it's going pretty good, but we love doing it in the bars and, and I've married my bartenders and servers and officiated at their weddings and baptized their kids. And, you know, we've almost got like a secondary congregation. You know, we got our, uh, our, our folks, that, we got three congregations. We got the folks that come, we've got our friends without homes that are in the park that I really feel like I'm a, a pastor for those folks. And then we've got all these servers that are just these kick-ass awesome people that, um, show up every week, whether they want to or not, because, well, they're getting paid and they're delivering our food and drink. But the, the first time we saw a server take some tip money and put it in our offering, I was like, that's pretty solid. You know, I mean, that, that we're, that it was the first time I noticed we're reaching folks that I didn't, we weren't planning on reaching. So, so far, so good. It's great. Well, and you know, that's, that's what makes a, a, a successful church period. But when you, when you go and you look at church plants and, and new things, you know, we, we have all of these models that you're right, they're tired. Uh, you know, we, we can go sit in a bar and not do church and be just fine. You know, right. we can go sit in a coffee shop and not do church and be right. just fine. Right. You know, we, we have those venues now, especially with the, the uprising of craft breweries and just having these spaces. Right. You know, it, there, there's just so much more of that, but you've put you've put a purpose behind it for three different congregations, essentially, you know, you, you've got your, uh, your friends out in the park or your congregation in the park and you have those that are intentionally coming to the bar, which right. You have those servers and you have those outliers that are sitting around you going, what is this? Yeah. You know, what, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, and, and you're, you're just speaking love and, and life and grace into their lives through all of these little pieces. And that's huge. That's, I think that's what sets something like after hours apart from a normal church plant or any different church plant is you, you you have this built in purpose other than to come and worship Jesus on Sunday, you're actually doing something. Uh, and that's the draw. And, and I think these folks, both of the ones behind the bar and the folks that come on Monday are very drawn to um, 
to orthopraxy. They're really drawn to, you know, how, show me that, that the studies are great and that's excellent, but show me how to live like Jesus. Give me an opportunity to live like Jesus. And The Bartenders is a great book and you guys are brighter than I am. And it was by Fred Craddock. And I want to say it was called Overhearing the Gospel. Does that, it, does that sound right? Do you that sounds that? about right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was, it was such a great, because, you know, essentially that's what we're all doing is, you know, these were letters and stories and things, and we're just kind of eavesdropping on what they were. And in some ways, that's very much what my bartenders and servers are doing is they're, they're sort of overhearing it. it. It's not firsthand intentional for them, but they're like, well, everybody's sitting down and nobody's getting a drink. So I might as well listen. And that part's been, been really, really great. We, like I said, that was another happy accident. There's, there are so many examples of, of Holy Spirit stuff that has worked out in spite of us, definitely in spite of me, that I, I'm, I'm like, huh, well, that was a happy accident. That, that was pretty great. That worked out okay. And I, re- and I really do think that, that um, for so many of the folks in the community, a key piece for us is, uh, you know, traditionally, all of us grew up with pastors that had the answers. Like, we went to them to say, walk me through, how do we do this? What, you know, you're wise, I'm not, you talk, I'll shut up. And After Hours is so engaged in the realm. My wife and I were even talking about how, you know, my background was was performance and, and stand-up and for 25, 26 years. And that was very much almost a preaching model when you think about it. I mean, there's very little dialogue. It's one person stands there with a microphone, everybody else listens. And that's kind of Sunday mornings. And I, I, like that model that and I felt comfortable in that model but that model didn't work for after hours it, it, it was a it's a community that wants to engage and wants to doesn't want a monologue they want a dialogue and they're definitely cautious of uh having the answer too quick and too easy and so you know when we talk about the stuff we talk about there aren't quick easy answers i mean if we if we dig deep enough there's some really heavy shit that we talk about that like it's just not easy to to have an answer for and i think there's value in saying let's let's embrace that and let's uh let's look at how challenging this is and and let's just talk about options and what we can do and and we can say you know here's my take and my understanding of how i read scripture and what i think it's saying and and how i'm interpreting that but tell me, you know, in the Methodist Church, we're really lucky. We we have the quadrilateral. I mean, we value experience. We value reason. And that's something that a lot of my folks uh, have a lot of. And even in short years, they some of them have lived a lot of life in a very short time. And so there comes a lot of value from those dialogues. And, you know, one Adam's one of our guys, and he says, you know, I value that you're not too quick with having, quote, the right answer, you know, and, and I'm very quick to acknowledge that to say, listen, I'm, I'm limping along guys the same way you are. And, you know, I have, I posted a thing on Facebook the other day that said, so is it just me who have moments of annoying self-confidence and then swing back to moments of, of low self-esteem teetering on self-loathing and holy cow, we opened the dam to that. I mean, like the number of people that responded, um, I mean, even physicians and doctors and talking officially about what that is and what that looks like, it was really eye-opening to realize, you know what, we're, we're all in the same game. We're all doing the best we can and, and trying to figure it out. And some days we feel like, 
holy shit, does anybody know I don't have any idea what the hell I'm doing? And then on other days, you feel like, you know what? I think I got this locked down pretty good. Like, I feel like there's something to offer here. And it's that way with after hours. It's that way when I speak in public. There's times when I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to give this a shot, but I don't know. And there's other times I'm like, I think I've got stuff here that, that people could benefit from. Same way with your show. I'm sure there's times when you're like, oh, shit, what's the next question going to be? And there's times when you're like, this is really kicking right along. And, and so I, I think there's value in, in acknowledging it in, in just saying, you know, I think they're, we're, we're so striving for community. Um, I think that's one way to connect and to go, hey, anybody else feel like this? It's like, yes, as a matter of fact, slowly you watch the hands go up, you know, like this. So. Well, and that's the whole thing that we did with this is that we wanted to create a space where um, we could get together like this and have a serious conversation, but realize like we're not here to provide an answer or to give you some, you know, we're not going to be like, um, you know, some of those YouTube channels that were like, here is the word of eschatology. We're going to talk about, no, we, we want to talk about things and, and, and where we see life and, and, and kingdom building happen in a way that people can say, wow, that, that was, you know, it was great to hear that. And, and there've been times where Zach and I have said, we've gotten done with the show, like, man, that was horrible. We probably <laughs> should do another one. And then when we post it, people are like, man, it was so awesome. It's right. like, just like preaching. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> And, and wow, they should burn that. That was horrible. And then somebody comes up and goes, no, you changed my life. You're, really? That? Did you wow. hear what I said? Because right. that was barely full sentences. I don't know how I got through that. And if we're lucky, there's a noun and a verb in every one. But I just think barely. If you play the tape back, you'll see. And, right. yet, and that, thank God, I mean, to me, that is the best example of the Holy Spirit jumping into a scenario and saying, you know what? I got this because clearly whew, you're a train wreck right now. So I, <laughs> I will leap in as the Holy Spirit. And I think that's, that's great to me that, that if it's done right, at least the way it should, should keep us all humble. And I mean, should keep us reminded that this is not our show. You know, I mean, we're, we're yeah. just the opening act, you know, there's, there's a, there's another headliner down the road. You know? Well, that's why we always joke that, you know, we do this in one take and we really work towards not having, um, times where we have to like either either seriously edit or say hey we probably should go back and you know retract that or you know re and, and by doing that one that's kind of kept art you know it's kind of kept us honest and and yeah. you know um and maybe not having jumping too quick to saying something or sometimes you know uh we'll screw things up like uh last yeah when we were doing one yesterday uh we kind of had some struggle getting started. <laughs> and then sometimes we had, you know, like Zach just had someone pop in his door and I've had people like open my door and come in and it's like, Hey, how's it going? And, and, and you know, it's like being, and, and for me, I think of that, you know, like, you know, having been to your experience in the bar, thinking of it like being in the bar and, and having those conversations and then like being able to just have to say, Hey, you know, you know, glad you, you know, you can come join us and that sort of thing. And I think that that's, um, I think far too often we don't create that space in the church. Right. And, 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 and fellowship is an important aspect, but then also that like whole holistic part of community building and, you know, serving and, you know, all those aspects and, and you can do those in simple ways. And, you know, and, and I think that we've overlooked that looking for, you know, the eight week program of whatever. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, like I said, I, I, and I really believe, you know, Jerry, you're doing some great work there in Denver. Um, and, um, and I know you've got some uh, things planned for Christmas. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 
yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got to, I got to interject. You just reminded me when you're talking about the bar and the church could do that more. There's a great, and I'm probably going to screw it up because I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but there's a great William Blake quote where he says, uh, bars are like churches, except for they're warmer and there's better conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I think, I think there's a lot of value in that. I think there, I think there's value in things not being perfect. I think we have to, it's not about being careless and getting things wrong. I, and I want to say there's a Japanese expression called, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I think it's called a wabi-sabi, which is this idea of imperfection. It's this idea of things that aren't quite perfect and not too slick and things are just a little bit off and that there's beauty in that, that there's beauty in somebody coming in the door off the side. Like you don't have a crew of people around your office going, all right, quiet on the set. Matt's getting ready to go. Let's get some places, everybody. Okay, quiet. We ready? We're going to do this in one take. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, shit happened. Like right. it just does. It just, and, and I think when we see that, I think people have a really hard time relating to perfection. Mm -hmm. I think when they see things go a little bit cattywampus and, and you know, off, off base, they're like, ah, oh, okay. So they're real just like me. And I think there's a win in that. I really do think there, we've got a lot of very, um, thank God, because I'm not this guy. We've got a lot of very organized people at After, especially on leadership. And thank God, because we would be all over the place. But sometimes I'll remind them, I'm like, let's, let's leave room for the spirit. You know, let's leave room for the Holy Spirit because it's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. I tell all my brides and grooms when I marry, I go, something's going to go wrong today. And at the end of the day, you're still going to get married. I go, so, so don't freak out over perfection. Do the best product you can do, but don't freak out. And, you know, you mentioned Christmas in the park and that's coming up, you know, in 24 days, I guess. Then. And, and uh, by the time this airs, even sooner than that. And I mean, we're at the point now where we're, we're bringing in porta potties and flags and people are wearing vests and we have identifying areas and we have team leaders. I mean, we bring in, there's over a thousand people that show up to this and a, about half are homeless and, and half are volunteers. And there's a grill team and they're grilling up 300 cheeseburgers for the, I mean, there's a lot of logistical pieces to kind of get that right. And yet I remember, you know, in the end, it's about people sharing what they have. I mean, it's acts too. I mean, it really is acts. It's like people bringing what they have, sharing it with other people and, and trying to give to those folks that don't have as much and realizing that some of us got a whole hell of a lot more than we need. And that, so, so let, let's figure this out. Uh, we have one family that every year, um, they've been doing it for like seven years now of the, we've been doing Christmas in the park almost since day one, almost that first year. And there were only like eight of us that first year. And it was like a card table and stuff from our garage. Like that's what we had. And this year, like I said, there'll be about 400 volunteer. We'll give away 500 winter coats. We just ordered them yesterday. Um, we'll give, last year we gave away 700 sleeping bags. We had, so, we had so many sleeping bags. We gave them away to everybody that was in line that, that, that needed one. And then we had extras that we were able to give to Coalition for the Homeless, um, Salvation Army, um, Urban Peak, which is a group that specifically focuses with youth on the street. And it was just really cool to see that this quote unquote little church was able to help the Salvation Army. <laughs> I mean, it felt kind of mind blowing that that happened, but the internet has changed everything. I mean, people say, how do people even hear about it? And I'm like, through Facebook. And they're like, well, what else do you, I'm like, no, primarily through Facebook. And they're like, really? I mean, we've got, our donors come from 20 states, from about you know 26 cities all over the country. 
Um, the sleeping bags come in from all over the country. We'll have a choir that's made up of homeless folks and, you know, folks that are, that are housed and we print off the, I mean, you know, who doesn't know Christmas carols and, you know, we'll print out a bunch of sheets and people play guitar and Santa shows up. I mean, it, it's just a really warm sort of a flash mob of joy <laughs> kind of moment. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Mike Slaughter who made that phrase famous that remember that, you know, Christmas isn't your birthday. Mm -hmm. um, I just love that. I mean, it's so easy to get wrapped up in, wrapped up in the wrappings. You know, I mean, and just be all about the presence and all that kind of thing. And this gives everybody this moment to kind of step aside and go, you know what, whether I got what I wanted for Christmas, holy cow, like these cats in line don't, didn't have anything when they got here this morning. And now big smiles. I mean, one family collects underwear all year long. Super creepy, I know, but nonetheless, man, they, they do it and that's their thing. And they'll bust open the packs and then they'll, they'll um, take individual bags, put them in Ziploc bags and then get a Sharpie and write the size on it. Last year they had like 500 pair of underwear. You know, as much as we goof on that, that's something the homeless just can't go down to a shelter and get. You know what I mean? It's like a big deal. So it, it's just a cool day. It's just a, it's a day that makes you um, sort of remember that you're part of a miracle that day and that that it is a day that you know we can you know what's the what's the bible phrase you will do you will do these things in greater i mean you really realize it's like wow this is a cool thing to be a part of and we have all the news crews show up because you know they want to feel good story you know on christmas that's that's like a big deal for them and and we welcome that because it's kind of it there's a lot of people would say it's pretty dark out there these days you know i mean there's there's a lot of things that you know i just wrote this um a blog piece for Rethink Church that's going to be coming out later. And, and the, the topic was, um, where do we find hope? And man, I'll admit, I, I stared at the screen for a while. You know, I was like, wow, this is, you know, there are the pat answers. There's a, well, we put our hope in Jesus and that's great, but how do we put flesh and bone on that? You know, what, what does that look like in 2017 to actually do that, to put, what does it mean to put our hope in Jesus? And so, we kind of flesh that out, but I realize that's a question that's on a lot of people's minds right now, regardless of whether we're talking about, you know, sex scandals or racism or uh, politics or uh, other countries bombing us. There's some heavy stuff out there. And, and to me, Christmas in the park is, it's just part of the anecdote. I mean, to me, the only way to battle that darkness is with, with light. Like that's the only way to do it is to, is to, is to put more there's more darkness out there then we got to put more light like pushing right up against it and christmas in the park feels like that it feels like it's a day that you know for that day you can look around and go okay I, today i can count a lot of good things i'm seeing a lot of good out there a lot of light and i dig that man that i mean we're privileged people clergy are to to be, to be a part of that and in in whatever it looks like in our you know missional context that's that's badass i mean that just is that's just so lucky to get to be a part of of the solution you know rather than the problems that's pretty damn cool i think it is and 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 that's our job as 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 pastors as decent people as as whatever you want, want to be classified as is to navigate our our congregations our churches our community through that brokenness of life and and find those little bits of hope that people can latch on to 
And, you know, what, what you guys are doing there at After Hours, you're giving an opportunity for um, other churches, other people, other families, whether, whether or not they're connected with you or not, to connect, to bring hope to people that they'll never meet, that they'll never see. Uh, but they're finding these little bits of light uh, in the brokenness and the darkness of their life through a Facebook post, whether you shared it or, you know, my mom asked me not too long ago, she said, Hey, I have these sweatshirts. Uh, what about that guy in Denver? <laughs> my, my mom does not use Facebook. Well, <laughs> but she knew it well enough. Yeah. She was like, Hey, I've got these make That's it happen. Cool. Yeah, mom, I, I got gotcha. you. You know, and the guys dug them like a ditch, man. I got awesome. it. Those, those were like good sweatshirts too. They, they were good sweatshirts. Like, yeah. Like they were thick and zipped up and hooded and yeah. those, those are pretty yeah. solid. So yeah. that kind of stuff. That's what blows me away is, and you put it really well. Sometimes, uh, God, I wish I could remember the quote somebody posted the other day about the future, the, the quote, irrelevance of clergy in the future. And it was maybe it been Henry Nowen or one of them, but just said that our job will be to come with our brokenness and our ability to just guide people in love. And I'm paraphrasing it, but it was so beautiful that, that you know, the idea of being up on a pedestal and the idea of get ready to hear my words and where do you hear this words? It's not about that. It's, a, it's, it's, I remember a pastor saying one, one time that it's about one hungry beggar showing another hungry beggar where to find food. And I, I just thought that was killer. That's like such a great way to put it. I mean, we are in the professional business of providing opportunity. Like that's really what, whether that is, is coffee and donuts after church to create a community or doing it at a brew pub or in a bar or in a park or in Christmas day. It, it's how do we as, as professional, we're like professional uh, matchmakers. We, we, we try to match people with God in that context and, and what's the way that will work best for them. And that's, that's a cool job, man. That's, that's really, uh, this job has a lot of moments when it can really feel, you know, like most, like any job, it just sucks. And when I, to me, I pull back and I remember, you know, what's the core purpose of this is, is it's connection is to do that. that. That's awesome. Like that's, that's awesome is, is to find that. And for us, the challenge is always going, all right, you know, it's not, not every, not every match is, is a love connection. You know what I mean? It's like, Okay, well, we tried like the number of times after I was tried to be in other places or other that you're just like, ah, well, that sucked. Okay, well, that, that particular quote opportunity didn't really fly the way I'd hoped. So, you know, we'll try something else. And really being willing to, to get up off the mat and, you know, go, wow, sh wow, I got tagged that time. Okay, but kind of shaking it off and, and trying the new thing because I, anybody can do good work for a short period of time. You know, I mean, to me, what makes mm -hmm. ministry amazing is when you see these people that have given their life to it and you're like, man, I run a sprint compared to that guy. I mean, right. woman over there is a rock star and she, I see this with the homeless community a lot and there's, yeah, I, yeah, I'm down there a lot. I mean, a lot. I'm not down there eight hours a day, every day, like some of the people working at college for the homeless and have been, for 20 years. I mean, those people are like ultra human. They're, they're like superhuman to me I, to be able to do that and have that sort of endearing, uh, endurance um, 
and not run into compassion fatigue, or at least be smart enough to know when they do that to pull out, you know, and to go, okay, I need this break time. I mean, cause you know, the three of us, we've all been in already. We've been in it long enough to, to see the bodies strewn along the side of the road that people just got burned out. You know, just, and I've, I've monitored it with myself super close for the last three years to go, okay, watch it now, you know, cause this there, and now that there's a community around me of, of really strong leaders, uh, it's like tag team wrestling. It's like, okay, I'm out. You, you go in, I need to catch my breath. And to me, that's the beauty of community, you know, which is hopefully what we're trying to set up. You know, it, it feels pretty great. That part feels good. Absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, you just play that community plays right, right into what you're doing, what we're trying to do here and, and build community with people online who we'll never see, but maybe we see their words and their, their Facebook profile pictures and things like that. Right. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's about building that community so that um, it's not built around any of the three of us. It, it's built around the community. And so if we have to go off or if we just fall off the face of the planet, this keeps going. Absolutely. And that, that to me is a joy is, is that moment. I had a, a clergy colleague that comes to after hours and they're a deacon. So they don't, they're not tied down the same way to a church and they come and refuel on Monday nights. And she was just so great. She says, Jerry, you know, I love you, but I don't, I don't come for, for the discussions or, or the quote unquote sermons. I, and she goes, and I love making the sandwiches, but that's not why I, I come for this community. I come for this group of people that, that will, you know, I remember this meme that said, watch really closely the people that don't have when you leave. And I just thought that was such a great line. It's like, you know, I want to be around people, but when shit goes south, they're like, dude, I am so sorry. And they're heartbroken with you. And when things go great, they're, they're cheering you on. You know, I mean, Zach, you know, I mentioned this this morning in this post on Facebook. I mean, there are those people that you just go, wow, they always are trying to extract the beauty in other people and the good in other people. And I'm like, I want to be a part of that. You know, I want to be with those people. I want to, I was not saying we ignore the bad, but sometimes there can be this real tendency just focusing on the brokenness and the bad. And well, here's where you're not quite where you should be. And I'm like, man, I think we, there's such power in, in giving people that grace to say, you know what? Yeah, this, this is all bad, but man, I see something beautiful right here. And, you know, we've proven time and time again with working with offenders and all kinds of people. That's the work. I mean, talk to Father Boyle in, in, with Homeboy Industries out in California. I mean, yeah, that's how you build people up is remind them of the intrinsic good that's in them, that, that God spark that, that is in their center and that that is a part of who they are and, and to help them build it. I mean, I think that comes out when you, when you remind people that that exists. I think, I think people step up to that. I, I really, I truly do. Um, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm working on this. Um, I was lucky enough to get a second book deal with um, uh, Westminster John Knox and the manuscripts do um, right in this winter, right, right around spring. And so it'll come out of like a year from this spring, but the working title right now is called uh, Spirituality uh, for Good-Hearted Heathens. That's what, that's what we're going to be calling it. And it's that idea of, you know, there is this intrinsic good in everybody. And yeah, some people like to do church in a barn. Some people like to do church in a sanctuary. And, and a lot of folks 
aren't comfortable with either one of those places. And, you know, I'm doing this series of interviews with people that, of where they connect with God. And some of them connect backpacking, and some of them connect fly fishing, and some of them connect, um, one interview I'm doing, uh, she connects to painting, and somebody else's yoga and jogging. And, I mean, it's this, this amalgam of fascinating ways that, um, you know, you, you don't have to be in every Sunday sit in the pew churchgoer to find that connection, that, that, that God spark that's in you and that, that speaks to you. And um, we're really hoping that, you know, <laughs> my, my editor said, she says, you know, a lot of people have written the spiritual but not religious books. She goes, it's just not usually a pastor. <laughs> that, that, that. And I'm like, well, good. You know, maybe, you know, I think there's a lot of us. I've been that person that sat in the pews and went, this isn't working, man. I, I know, I know God's a big deal. And I, I know I'm totally down with that. And I, I, I connect with, I, this just isn't working for me, this particular thing. So how do I, how do I fine tune the knob? Like trying to find a radio station, you know, how do I, how do I get it just right to where that signal's super strong? And I would love to, you know, if I even get it half right to connect the book in some way to get people to go, hey, there's there's a lot of ways to connect with the sacred and the holy. And let's try to find yours. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. That'd be really good. So you do that well, Zach. Oh. You know. And Matt, for all I know, you do right. too. <laughs> I'll do what I can. <laughs> no, I, I love that idea. Um, because I mean that's just I, I I hope I hope you're interviewing Todd uh Silau. Uh As a matter of fact, that, I am. Yeah. That dude's I, got some I'll stories, do. man. Yeah. Uh, that dude is doing, Todd is doing the kind of work in the church that virtually almost nobody, I mean, he's connecting with bikers, he's yeah. connecting with folks that the traditional church has never been able to, and yet we are called to connect to those very people, the, the very folks that are on the fringes, that are on the margins, that, that the temples and the sanctuaries and the churches just, just does not feel like home for them. And Todd's like... Bring it on, brother. Sit down. Let me let me play a blues song, and then we can talk. And that dude is amazing. And and it's so funny because he's so rock and roll. He looks, he just looks like you're like, damn, I'm not gonna mess with that brother. And he's he's got his doctorate, you know. <laughs> so he's like whip smart. So yeah. At any rate, that you're right. And Todd is one of the interviews. As a matter of fact, he's one. Of the I, I I tell Todd all the time. I'm like, dude, I wish I could do what you do. And he's like, I wish you I could do what you do. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> Too funny. It is. That's good stuff. Well, Jerry, we we thank you for your time. Uh, we know that um, you know we've got three United Methodist pastors in a room together. Something somebody else needs to be doing something else. Uh, yeah, we, we could do this all day. <laughs> but I know we could do this all day, um, and and we will uh, in February for sure. Um, but uh, we're glad that you uh, joined us this week, and we'll post some links on so that way maybe um, a couple of our listeners will be willing to to help you all out and maybe get you some more sleeping bags and. And we're, we're so thankful for your time. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media. And we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day. <laughs>